Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free and bringing up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where you get to control the content. You can go and submit anything you want to the site and then others vote on whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it. Of course, we're also likely to take your phone calls about anything that is the uh, point of all of this. I am being told that GCN is getting their audio back, sent back to them. So that's not good. I'll have to work on figuring that out. Meantime, good evening, gents. Who's here with us tonight? It's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And uh, so... There's, uh, as usual, a lot to discuss here this evening. Do you want me to jump in on I this? I would so love you could, for you to jump can, in can on you, that, So you please. can play with this, this uh, a technical difficulty? Excellent, because I've been wanting to do it anyway. Dale, you you have uh, your show prep for this evening. Uh, would you like to jump in on it, or, or shall I go ahead with mine? You go, you go ahead with yours, Mark. All right. Well, um, Ian and I had discussed doing this. We weren't sure whether we are going to do it tonight or tomorrow night. Do you want to go with the uh, uh, study shows that you're more likely to be killed by a cop than a terrorist, Ian? You do whatever, man. All right. After 9-11, a fear of another attack on U.S. soil cleanly supplanted the fear of having one's penis chopped off by a vengeful lover in the pantheon of irrational American fears. Remember the Lorena Bobbitt thing? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that may very well have been the, the biggest fear that Americans had prior to that, to the uh, terrorist attacks. While we're constantly being told that another attack is imminent and that Radical Islamic fundamentalists are two steps away from establishing a caliphate in Branson, Missouri. Just how close are they? How do the odds of dying in a terrorist attack stack up against the odds of dying in another um, in many of other unfortunate situations? The following ratios were compiled using data from 2004 Safety Council Estimates, a report based on data from the National Center for Health Statistics in the U.S. Census Bureau. In addition, 2003 mortality data from the Center for Disease Control was used. Now, this, it's, uh, obviously the data is kind of old, but you've got to wait for the government to come up with this stuff. And, you know, this, this thing was published in, uh, 2009, so it's, it's four or five years after this. But, um, let's go on with the numbers here. You're 17,600 times more likely to die from heart disease than terrorism. That's pretty pretty obviously the the thing that uh, somebody you know has to fear, right? Especially if you're male, right? The stuff you're putting in your, your uh, just, I think it's just as likely. Something's going right? to kill you. It's just not going to kill you quite as young. Hmm. You are twelve thousand five hundred seventy one times more likely to die from cancer than a terrorist attack. Remember, these aren't, uh, you know, percentages. This is multiple times likely. So, uh, you know, two times as likely is a huge number. 12,500 times is phenomenally Would you say likely. that the government is allocating funds using a proper cost-benefit or threat-benefit analysis? Would say no. Uh, I would say that uh, what they're doing no. is they're allocating funds to what will essentially reap them the most reward as far as getting more power over people. And because terrorism I mean, cancer and heart disease, that's scary to people, but it's not as visible, right? They're right. just people just silently dying, unless you've got somebody actively in your family who's uh, suffering that, and there's, I guess odds are good you do with the numbers like that, but uh, it's just not as visible. It's not as dramatic as an explosion, uh, as people being shot to death or something like that, and so the, the government can't really 
necessarily reap as much reward for themselves. It's probably as harder to do power. theater. You know, they they talk about security theater. Yeah, what bureaucracy can they create to do around that? Cancer. It doesn't matter whether it works or not. You can do a lot of security theater, but how do you create theater around curing cancer and heart right. disease and things? And like how that? do you hire thousands upon thousands of bureaucrats around curing cancer? It's, I mean, right. I suppose they could, but well, it, they, they absolutely could do it. It's just a, it's it, not. It gonna, would be a little more contrived, yeah, and it certainly wouldn't get people pumped up. It's again, it wouldn't get people really pumped up, yeah, the way that you know explosions and. The th- or even just the threat of explosions and the imagery of explosions and things like Nor that. Nor would it fire. aggregate power to them if they were – I mean, the, it, if they created like the bureaucracy of cancer research, but then they wouldn't – while the, the budget would increase, the bureaucracy size would increase, it wouldn't increase their level of control over anyone. Well, well they let them grow the armies and send them overseas and that, use it yeah. as an excuse for a bunch of things they want to do to intervene and – and and get nosy in other people's business overseas anyway. It's, and new fears are always uh, much better, much easier sell than old fears. Uh, you see them trying to trot them out all the time with swine flu, the avian flu, some new uh, new new disease that nobody's ever heard of and nobody in the United States has died from. Watch out, your children could be attacked by a mad cow. Um, you know things things like this. They you know they blow them all out of proportion. They spend a bunch of money. On those, from a standpoint of uh, you know a cost benefit analysis, mm-hmm. you know they don't, they don't care if they spend too much money on that. But, but it's they're the, getting people shot up with stuff. There it's too. the fear that they that you know that you're not scared of. I mean, here you are, so much more likely to die from cancer and heart disease. And I was eating salt and vinegar chips before we came on. But there's no MSG in those, right? The, the, you know, but but I'm not gonna. <laughs> but that doesn't ch- change that vegetable oil I'm sucking down like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> So, um, you know, I know that I'm so much more likely to die from heart disease than from a terrorist. However, you know, I'm eating the potato chips. So, you know, Americans don't care the fear. It's it's ordinary. It's it's the, uh, you know, familiarity familiarity breeds contempt. We have no fear of heart disease. I think they really love it too when someone else can just you know when when the solution seems readily implementable and doesn't take any particular sacrifice you know because mm-hmm. you'd have to to, to to fight heart disease you probably need to make a lot of adjustments to your lifestyle that you probably aren't particularly eager to make whereas like for terrorism you can you know a lot of people are satisfied by the security theater just take off your shoes and your belt yeah take your shoes and belt off when you, you think they're the satisfied okay I just that's think, not the terrorists so i think that people in those lines are just as dissatisfied as we are that's they a just good don't for a moment for a moment. No, that, that, that's a good question. <laughs> How satisfied are Americans with the TSA and the search procedures? I'm what very do they curious think? about that. I mean, do they think uh, – is the Star Spangled pl- Banner playing through their minds while they're standing there? And it would be most And relevant. the rocket's red yeah. glare. I mean, are they happy that these uh, – you know, uh, honestly, bureaucrats that are uh, largely been saved from the welfare rolls, um, you know, to have these jobs milling about doing largely nothing except bothering the crap out of you, are what? they happy about that? That's a good question. And what would be more relevant? What group of people would be more relevant to ask that question? The people actually standing in line at the time they're standing in line or or nearby the time they stand in line or just anybody on the street? Well, I think I think you could probably effectively ask both of the, you know people so. like that in general. Because a lot of the people that are just on the street may have already given up completely on flying because of the TSA. So if you're in the airport asking people that question, while they may be frustrated by having to stand there at that moment, at the same time, they're also the people that are willing to go through it. Yeah, well, a lot of times you have to. Well, you and I aren't excited about going and flying, but we do it because we have to at times. 
Thank goodness it hasn't. It, we've only done it once in the last three years. So it's, well, I've had to. Well, fly that's 20. right. You go down to yeah, Florida. So down to Florida. That's a bummer. Yeah. It's I'm facing that dilemma of having to decide if I'm going to fly. The uh, alternative seems rather. Co- I don't. I mean, the alternative driving quite a distance down to Georgia is rather costly. It's about twelve hours. Yeah. It's a. Uh, oh, it's more than that. You think to to drive to Georgia from here? Yeah, I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it's 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 eighteen to twenty four. Twenty-four yeah. hours. It took me twenty-three hours to drive here from Sarasota, Florida. Well, took us twenty-six. You taking a bike? Well, let it, me it, go on my. I list. said eighteen to twenty-four. <laughs> let me go on which way my you go. list here. You went straight too, Mark. What you, do you, you mean? drove straight. No, I took a. I, didn't I sleep? Seems. Like I think I you have to take the roads. I don't think you can go straight. But I'm talking about on the road hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Like straight through the trees and the rivers and just sh- straight line. Shortest distance between two points. Zoom. What are some of the other comparisons you made there? You're 11,000 11, times more likely to die in an airplane accident than from a terrorist plot involving an airplane. So when you get on the mm. airplane and you're concerned about... That guy who's a Muslim-looking guy in the right, third row. The guy that was davening in the airport with the silly kufi cap or whatever it is. Just remember, you're 11,000 times more likely to die in an airplane accident. What about that means, lightning? That means every 10,999 accidents, there's one that involved a terrorist. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And there aren't that many accidents in the first place. No. The plane, plane uh, air travel is a fairly safe method of getting from point A to point B. It's far more safe, from what I understand, uh, than driving a car, for instance. 1-800-259-9231. Of course, when something goes wrong, it might be worse in general. More coming up. You can take control and bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy our features. They're free. Head over there, freetalklive.com, and you'll find stuff like our uh, like our archives or our webcam or the... The entire site actually allows you to control the content there from our front page to the wiki. It's very interactive. And, of course, our chat room and more. Go and get all all of that for free at freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son, Jack, all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets... Dr. Seuss. Its simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. Go now to freemarketunderdog.com. See some samples there and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. An island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Mark, you've been sharing with us some comparisons uh, between how often you or, or how likely you are to get caught up in a terrorist attack versus how likely you are to 
have something else happen to you, yes. like heart disease or, as you were just pointing out, an airline uh, crash or some sort of airline mishap that will result in death. Yes. Uh, these are resulting in death, right? That's Not correct. Injury. Okay, yeah. so an airline mishap, mishap that would result in death is something like 11,000 or 10,000 times more likely to happen than an airline incident re- involving a terrorist. Right. So uh, one time out of 11,000 Will would you have an accident that resulted in death that involved a terrorist plot as opposed to any other of the airplane accidents? Right. So, what other uh, comparisons are these? There? Get these Do they are, get lightning? Do we get lightning in there? Uh, they, they get progressively less, uh, you know, more bizarre as the as the list okay. goes on. So here's you know still bizarre, but still not still mundane, but but um, you know still much more likely, much less likely. Um, you are uh, you are a thousand forty eight times more likely to die from a car accident than from a terrorist attack Mm. so cars far more dangerous than terrorists in the united states you're 404 times more likely to die in a fall than from a terrorist attack so this is just the united states yes numbers okay are you more likely to have your penis chopped off by an angry lover ex-lover i bet you are i bet you aren't oh okay that that one's probably pushing it that's pretty unlikely there was the Lorena Bobbitt thing. Yes. I don't know. She might have gave people was, ideas. Maybe people should start getting scared about this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is pretty unlikely. You're t- sorry. It, pretty, pretty unlikely. I completely derailed your train of thought. The idea here is is that you're you're <laughs> thinking that somehow uh, you know most of these things do not involve most of them. There's there's one uh, glaring glaring exception, but most of these deal with. You know, regular people We're dealing with normal people. And when you're dealing with normal people, yes, there are criminals out there. But by and large, normal people are good, peaceful, vo- voluntarily associations, including you know, Muslims, including Muslims. All right. You're 87 times more likely to drown than die in a terrorist attack. That's still a huge disparity. And did you put a D on the end, uh, end of that drown drown? Drowned. Sounded like you said drowned. I probably did say drowned. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're 87 times more likely to drown. Very good. Drown than, than <laughs> to die in a terrorist attack. You are 13 times more likely to die in a railway accident than from a terrorist attack. Wow. I don't even get on trains very often. Yeah. 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 Really, really unlikely for me. You're course, 12? These, are, these are general because, like, for you, it's probably even less likely. Yeah. Extraordinarily unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Or. Okay. or yeah, more, does that mean there are more, more railway more, accidents? Yeah. It would be more likely that I would die on a train. Is there no? Never mind. Less likely. Yeah, there, it wouldn't be thirty times for you because you don't get on a train. Thirteen. Up. Does that mean there are more deadly 13. railway accidents than there Absolutely. are airplane accidents? Um, I guess it means that. I don't know if I'm understanding that correctly. That's maybe uh, well, I don't know when they 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 they, t- they say that they took data from this last um you know ten years. So mm-hmm. you know maybe it's it's dying a railway accident. No. Maybe that includes the cars they hit. I don't no, know. We're going down. So. So it's less likely. Wait, right, right, right. So the le- the you're more likely to die in a plane. No, no, you're really. less likely. You're far less likely to die in a, a train uh, than you are a plane. Okay, I'm confused. People don't minute. take trains anymore. Right, but you're 13 times more likely to die in a a, a train crash than an airplane crash. Then the, but you're, you're, thou- times- you're 11,000 times more likely to die in an airplane than from a terrorist plot involving an airplane. So you're far more likely to die in, the, in an airline accident that it doesn't okay. involve a terrorist. So, okay, get right. So they didn't include the numbers without terrorists. Gotcha. Yeah. This gets really obscure from here on out. So this is uh, 
12 times more likely. And, and this shows the uh, the comparison between railway accident. But, but and, I think this shows planes to be more dangerous than railway. Accident. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Planes are more dangerous than uh, air pl- or than trains because nobody takes them anymore. Okay. 12 times more likely to die from accidental suffocation in bed than from a terrorist attack. So uh, since a, a railway accident is 13 times and accidental suffocation in bed is 12 times. So you're, uh, you know, nearly uh, a train and accidental suffocation in bed are about the same. Mm-hmm. So and, and of course, those are the ones they just ruled as suffocate accidental suffocations. Gotcha. Yeah. Could be your wife after you're snoring too much. Just shoves a pillow on your face. Nine times more likely to choke to death on your own vomit than to die in a terrorist attack. That's See, people. Yeah, people do not think about this on a regular basis. Now, I party responsibly. I always fall asleep on my side after I get <laughs> completely drunk off my ass. It's crazy. Eight times more likely to be killed. This is the one that is the glaring exception. Eight times more likely to be killed by a police officer than you are by a terrorist. Or so, you repeat yourself. Right. The police so, officers are the real, in many cases, the real So, terrorists. ladies and gentlemen, when you're acting really strange about Muslims, remember that when that guy with the funny hat and the badge pulls you over, he is eight times as likely to kill you as, as a terrorist. As a terrorist. Uh, not, not just a Muslim, which is a, a, a really absurd. I mean, because most of them are, are drastically, the huge vast majority of Muslims are completely peaceful. So, we're talking... You know, for people who freak out just because someone has like a Muslim appearance, it's it's really, really far, far more likely that you should be afraid of the guy in the badge and the absolutely and the hat because uh, most, most die, Muslims are not terrorists, right? So. Right, and even if you don't die, the man in the badge and the hat could certainly hurt you. What are the odds that you'll get hurt by the man with the badge and the gun? Much higher, I imagine. It depends than, than on what you consider him. harm. Uh, if you consider harm him stealing money from you, then it's going to be extraordinarily high because or kidnapping. You know, that's what many of the uh, incidents involving uh, you know, police and their professional yep. job is. I mean, they're armed fundraisers. Yeah, the terrorists aren't out there. The so-called terrorists aren't out there pulling people over and snatching cash and obedience from them. Yeah, they don't actually snatch the cash from you. It's the obedience. They give you a piece of paper and say, you send the money to us. It's really yeah, scary. It's really it's, it's really a sick way to do it. It'd be one thing one if he step. if he just came and, and and demanded money from you. It's another thing entirely when you have to send it of your own accord later because of the uh you know the the threat that's implicit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, eight times more likely to die from accidental electrocution than from a terrorist attack. Now people don't think about that very often. I think at this point you should start comparing everything to the, to to cops. <laughs> so like like everything now is less likely than a cop killing you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? the, actually it's it's the same a li- uh, being killed by a cop is the same as uh, dying from accidental electrocution. I have oh. one more uh, you're six times more likely to die from hot weather than from a terrorist attack. So, you're actually more likely to be killed by uh, a cop than by hot weather. Well, you're not in Florida anymore, thank you. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Ah, there's a few billion dollars that are lost. We'll tell you about it. Now, I'm not here to tell you the verbal surgery changed my life. I'm not here to tell you that. Because it didn't change, well, it might have changed my life a little bit. Because verbal surgery is a very powerful thing, very powerful thing, you see, my friends. Because when you listen to verbal surgery, that podcast, it kind of gets under your skin. You just don't know quite where it's coming from, but you feel better. You feel kind of tingly and happy all over. Because this podcast is something special. I'm telling you, special, don't you know? So get on over there to verbalsurgery.com, friend. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale's here with us from anarchyinyourhead.com. You can go there and uh, enjoy some of his cartoons. In fact, a few couple hundred, I think, there. Uh, liberty-oriented uh, cartoon work. Go to anarchyinyourhead.com to see that and also the occasional blog post and video, uh, video blog. Are you going to get back into video blogging at all? Yeah. All right. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I only ask because I, I enjoyed them. I, uh, At I liked... some indefinite period of, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good. All right. So anarchyinyourhead.com. Our website, freetalklive.com, archives are there. So if you've missed a moment, click and download all the way back to two, uh, late 2006, all completely free. Thanks to HostGator. Yeah, thanks to the good folks at HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. If you go through our, the portal that we've created, hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, use hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We're going to continue with your phone calls about what you want. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening. Uh, I wanted to mention that I found the mathematics regarding those odds and probabilities to be sort of out of whack. I think if you define terrorism, let's say, against U.S. citizens, as opposed to, let's say, the, two, the three wars we're conducting in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan, to those people in those sovereign countries that the United States has violated their territorial sovereignty by attacking them, they could perceive those acts as, as, as acts of terrorism. Uh, but if you look at the United States, it's probably you have the the odds of winning a six-digit lottery greater than being involved in a terrorist attack. So these things, six or nine times uh, greater than vomiting or this or that, those are those are out of whack. I think if you look at the number of the population of the United States, 330 million people, you look at 10 years of terrorist attacks involving Americans. Most definitely, nine years ago, 9/11 was the biggest. Number, but if you look at it, it's still relatively small, and it's a tool that governments use to instill fear in people and often to take away their civil liberties and rights, just like the United States has done. If you've read Thomas Ridge's book, his memoirs about being in the Clinton White or the Bush White House, he talks about the fact that at certain political occasions before the elections, they automatically raise the terrorist threat level, even though that was just done at the whim of the president. So, in a sense. Uh, when you look at that, you have to realize that terrorism is defined by international law and the anarchy of Bakunin. Mikhail Bakunin, the philosopher, wrote about this in the 19th century. Uh, you realize that, that terrorism is always state-supported. And probably the biggest terrorist nation in the world is the U.S. with the CIA. Well, Since Frank, 1947, if, if we've destabilized regimes all over the globe. Well, is it fair and, to say that ahead, terrorism is always uh, state-supported? I mean, certainly in always. most cases, uh, the, it, it seems to be either Well, let's look at Israel. Abu Nadal, the Abu Nadal, the great terrorist, uh, was actually uh, working for Israel and Mossad. And he also worked for the CIA. Now, what's interesting about Abu Nadal, without his terrorist attacks in Europe that, that always killed less than uh, 10% Jews, but primarily Christians, uh, when you look at it, without those terrorist attacks in the media, um, Menachem Begin would not have been able to attack 
Lebanon, Syria in 1982 and do that war that uh, really sort of redrew the political lines and different things. So, I mean, you have to look at terrorism as someone involved with statecraft, and it's always used as a vehicle to get political uh, ends. And, well, that's, you know, that's it's always, true. It's, gener- it's always well, supported generally the, the things countries. you're saying uh, you're, you're using terms that are very very um, well, de- definite like always and i think generally it's true that terrorism well, let's is attempting say 95, to get political change 95 percent of the time it's okay. always supported by a government well, and it's always about either a political regime change or a social regime change within within a country or a nation and i think when you begin to look at it critically i would suggest reading uh, jean baudrillard's essay uh, that came out at, after uh uh, September 11th on terrorism. On September 11th, uh, 2001, he did a, a very famous essay before he died called On Terrorism. And he takes a postmodern approach to it, uh, focusing on how the media, how terrorism is really a tool now with the mass media that's used to gain tremendous attention and to instill fear. But if you look at the number of people actually involved or hurt in a terrorist attack in any country. It's usually very, very small. And it's different if we're in, let's say, a civil war like the Bosnia-Yugoslavia conflict of the 1990s, whereby you could say every act in the breakaway provinces were acts of terrorism under international law, yet there were specific militias and armies within those well, right. If you go by the you know. de- if you go by the government's definition of terrorism, they always exclude themselves. But if we look Correct. at uh, the definition of terrorism, which is, and it always bears repeating, because there's always new people uh, tuning in, the use of violence and threats to intimidate or coerce, especially for political purposes, that describes Correct. everything the government does. Correct. And look at look at basically the history of uh, imperialism or colonialism, and even neo-colonialism in the 20th century. You'll see that terrorism was the tool that's used to destabilize regimes. You'll notice that when Suwarto uh, came into Indonesia and destabilized the regime, he had CIA support, and he did it through a series of terrorist a- terroristic acts that the Indonesians defined as terrorists. Yeah, and it's no but secret when you look that the at CIA it, has supported terrorists correct. across the uh, you know across the board. Correct. For years. And we could say the same thing with with the uh, uh, Contras fighting the Sandinistas uh, that were democratically elected. You know to. Uh, uh, change Nicaragua. You've got the government going in and bombing uh, Colombia and destroying Absolutely. people's plants. And uh, and right Correct. here in, in this country, every time there's a man the, with a badge uh, that uh, puts on his lights and, uh, you, you know, you're on the road, that's an act of terrorism. They're threatening you with violence in order Correct. to get you to behave in a certain way. Thanks, Frank, for the expertise tonight. Always interesting, well-educated guy. And, and they are taught to use fear as a tactic of keep maintaining control. Of course. Keep people afraid, and then they don't... They and then they don't understand why people don't view them as heroes anymore. Used, you mean the you police? Know, yeah. The, the, you know, I guess there was, a, you know, l- less and less do people look at, uh, he- at police officers as heroes, as a, a hero figure. Now they look at police officers as something to be feared. And If you've seen the, uh, the, the Nurse Patricia video, which is up right now at freekeen.com, where this lady, I think in her late 50s, is maybe a little, late, a little older than I'm not sure, but she is a, just a nice older lady who is a hospice nurse. She was growing some marijuana plants for herself and her daughter who has bipolar syndrome, and uh, that's all, really. Uh, and they, the cops busted her for it. She had something like 40 plants. Uh, most of them were, were small clones that were just getting kind of started, and I think each plant is something like a felony charge. 
they uh, Jason Talley from the CD Evolution Fund was there at the trial. CDEvolution.org uh, was there at the trial. He got footage, uh, cut it down into a nine-minute long video, which is posted right now at freekeen.com. Uh, Mark, you saw part of it uh, on the way in here tonight to the or before the show here this evening, Dale. I don't know if you've seen this video yet, but it's it's worth a watch just to to see what these police are doing to people. I mean, this woman is so peaceful. She's a hospice nurse. She helps right. people uh, be comfortable as they're going to die, essentially, right? I mean, that's that's what hospice is. And uh, this is one of the kindest, gentlest ladies you could come across, and yet they attempt to paint her, the police, attempt to paint her as this horrible criminal, this you know vicious woman who's out there growing this evil plant, and that she needs to be punished, and they need to send a message. And it was just so tragic. Not only, not only is it tragic from the perspective that they're going after this woman in the first place, but what's more tragic is that at the trial, they actually, and this, this is a correction on something I said earlier uh, this week, I thought that, that uh, jury nullification was not allowed to be mentioned in, in New Hampshire courts. Uh, it turns out apparently it is because they did it during this particular trial. The defense attorney explicitly mentions jury nullification and talks about it brings it up to the jurors, informs them that they can just they can send a positive message and not convict this woman. Right. But yet all of them, all twelve of the jurors came back and came back with a guilty verdict. It was so well, sad. They, yeah, they were trained. You have to decide based on the law. You don't yeah, there's not much point in having a jury if you're not gonna give them any leeway in deciding. But things. they did have the leeway. They they found out about jury nullification during the trial and mm. nobody had the courage to stand up and actually say not guilty. It was so sad. Uh, more coming up. It's free talk. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up tonight, I've got some good news to share about security cameras. The ones run by the government, that is. Uh, we will explain that to you, what's going on in uh, um, New Orleans, actually. 800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, you can bring up anything, and of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy features, including things like our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to take a look at that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine, shrine.freetalklive.com. And uh, check out SACL CAI while you're at freetalklive.com. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. They've been a, a longtime supporter of Free Talk Live, and they do all kinds of things that have to do with reaching out and contacting your customers or people that you need to uh, need to get in contact with through the telephone. It's SACL CAI. Uh, they, they, they are experts in telephony. SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Okay, so uh, other news. Since we've been talking about Afghanistan and Iraq, let's talk about the money. Because it is all about the money for the government. It's not really, it's not really about protecting you from terrorism. Because if it were about protecting you from terrorism, they wouldn't be going over and killing people, blowing things up, destroying lives, destroying families, tearing people apart. Uh, That 
creates terrorists. And we've we've seen evidence for that over the years, time and time again. And it's not only what some of the terrorists themselves say, like Osama bin Laden. He said it plenty of times that the reason why the 9-11 attacks happened was because of the U.S. meddling in the Middle East for decades. Uh, so not only do they say it explicitly as their reason for uh, for being terrorists, but uh, all kinds of you know details and studies uh, bear it out. I mean, there's just no doubt that when you destroy somebody's life and everything they have to live for, everything that's that's dear to them, they don't have anything left. Why would they bother to care about anything else besides vengeance? You know, at that this point? is the simplest thing for people that believe in peace and non-intervention, but. I just don't understand what do people who don't who you know the the uh, war the the hawks out there the, the the warmongers what do they think is possibly going to happen if you go over there you send uh, you know people who fly drones from halfway around the world they don't have any feet on the ground intelligence do you really think that the CIA knows who which terrorist lives in what hut for God's sake. I mean, how are they going to know that? They just say, yes, yeah, they found we who- hear that hut is a bad hut. Blow it up. They found Hussein on accident. I mean, they haven't found bin Laden. They, they can't do anything right. You know, the, the idea that they can do this stuff uh, with any kind of accuracy. Yes, they have smart bombs that blow up the building they want to blow up. But they don't know who's in the building. And when you kill innocent people... You get other there. You get their family angry. I don't think the warmongers think about them. I mean, you asked what, what? How can they think this way? Well, I don't think they really think too much about it. They've heard their their little story. It's good enough. Oh, they're bad. They're Muslims. They hate us. They've heard that. That's good enough for them. They believe it. And then whatever it is you say about uh, logic and why it is that people react in an emotional fashion when their their lives are destroyed, it doesn't it doesn't register with them because they've I'm already. Scared. I'm scared. It's, it's, People are notorious for justifying the things they want to do anyway. They want to kill brown people. Yeah, they want to do something and they look for justifications for it, and that's what uh, that's what they do with these wars. You know, it doesn't matter, Mark, that we blow them people up. They uh, they hate us for our freedom. I, you know, after nine eleven, I was so angry that I would have attacked Canada if they would have said that that's where they came from. It didn't matter to me. Um, so they whipped you into fear, then. Right? I was I right. was upset and and I, angry. I still remember all the calls into the radio shows and people were just absolutely raging. You know, everybody was of the mindset we need to go and get vengeance. Fear and anger. Yeah, and you know, at that point, it's it becomes a well, yeah. The Taliban that runs Afghanistan told us that they won't turn over uh, uh, Osama bin Laden. Well, it turns out what they said is, "Hey, show us some evidence that he's actually the guy who did it." And the Bush administration said, "We're not showing you nothing. Turn him over, or we're going to attack." So think about for a moment how you felt, Mark. Like you said, you you said you'd be willing to attack Canada if that were pointed out. You know that con- folks living up there would point it out as the uh, the the perpetrators. Which, of course, is ludicrous because the perpetrators died in the attacks. But nonetheless, you said you'd be willing to uh, to attack Canada. And think about how you were feeling. Now, imagine how much stronger you'd have been feeling had somebody you known actually perished in the 9-11 attacks. Right? You were angry just because they were your countrymen or yeah. whatever. Uh, but you didn't know anybody there. There weren't any uh, family members or close friends that perished in those attacks. Imagine how much more angry you would have been if that were going to be the case. And then take that feeling of how you would have felt... And now imagine how somebody in the Middle East would feel when their families it's really, are It's really, really very simple. Guess what? They have feelings too. Yeah. They're human beings. Well, no, they're not. They're camel jockeys. They are human beings who live in a different part of the world as you do, and we're all built the same. So 
they have the same feelings and the same angers and the same fears as uh, as a lot of us do. This but is yet, the it's Gandhi. Easy to just de- it's just easy to dehumanize them, which is what the government wants you to do. The warmongers want you to uh, just pretend as though they're you know the dar- dirty Japs or whatever, just to you know dehumanize them and pretend as though they're somehow less than you are, and it's nonsense. You know when you when you talk about the military industrial complex, it sounds kind of conspiratorial. So I'm going to put that aside for a second. I'm going to use General Smedley Butler, the uh, the two time Medal of Honor Honor winner winning Marine general who wrote War is a Racket. I'm going to use his explanation. When you fight a war, just imagine how many more pencils. They used a lot more pencils back then. Um, how many more pencils you use? How many more boots you use? How many more uh, fatigues you use? How many more tanks you need? How many more missiles you need? How many more uh, bullets you need? You need a lot of these things. Now, I'm going to tell you another little statistic. Over in Afghanistan, a gallon of diesel fuel is $400 by the time it reaches the point where they use it out there in the, in the, the hinterland. $400 for a gallon, a gallon of diesel fuel. And what they're using it for, in some cases, is to air condition tents. Now, I'm sure that it's really rough the way they live out there, but remember, the natives, they don't have air conditioning. So, um, you know, there's just this – you can imagine what it costs for these tanks, for these missiles, just to transport all these things. It's billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. The price tag for these two wars at this point, when you take into consideration what it's going to cost the U.S. government to take care of the military guys afterwards. So you take all the costs. You're talking about $4 trillion. That's the amount of the money the United States makes uh, the in total. Everybody in the United States, more than they make in a year, as I understand it. I could be you know, I'm no economist, but I believe that the number's three point something trillion in a year for the GNP. Mm. So I, it's, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm no socialist, of course. <laughs> I'm against government taking people's money. You know, I, I always like to clarify, I have no problem with government programs. I don't mind them spending money on health care and welfare and all that stuff. I just, the problem I have is when they steal it from people or when they fabricate it out of thin air and expect people to pay pay it back and all these things. You know, that's what I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with the good things they do with it, but the problem is they harm in order to do the supposedly the good things. And I always think that's a horrible thing. But I look at the money being spent this way and I keep thinking, you know, it would be far less appalling if they were spending it on something helpful. Yeah. (laughs) But to destroy, but to destroy, you know, just just massive amounts of money and 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 just you know and not to acknowledge the economic harm that they're doing it's massive who knows what how much harm are they doing because they are stealing the money well they see it as creating uh, jobs you know they're forcing americans to pay for obviously people who think that you can create jobs like that probably also don't understand things like the law of thermodynamics. It's the same logic behind the people who think that you can make a perpetual motion machine. (laughs) The idea that you can put energy into something and get more energy out of it than you put in. That makes no sense. You're not acknowledging the, the spent energy. You know, when you took trillions of money out of the economy and spent it on that, you kept it from being spent elsewhere. By the people who know how best to spend it. That's my, another objection you can make 
to the government spending money on cancer research or whatever is that because they can steal that money, which is your main objection to it, and I agree with you, because they can steal it, they don't have to spend it very well. They can just spend it on whatever methods they want to research. There's always more where that came from. Their central planners will decide what's the most important thing to spend the money on, but you and I might have a disagreement on how to spend our money. We might decide that uh, we want to, you know, maybe I want to focus on lung cancer research while you want to focus on uh, something, you know, some other sort of cancer. Well, no Um, doubt. That, that, no doubt that uh, you know the the free market will find better better ways of spending the money and get more out of it. Absolutely, but, but by, by a factor the, of like eight to twelve times. Absolutely, and certainly the part that upsets me. And the, the, you know, I think that it would actually help people to clarify this when you're when you're having an argument with someone who does have a socialist viewpoint. Make sure you explain to them. Oh, I have no problem with people, you know programs for the poor and all this stuff. It's, it's only the stealing part that I have a problem with. But you know, when you steal the money, that's what—that's the portion I have a problem with. I don't it's have a problem with spending. When we do it. I, don't, I don't have a problem with spending money to help poor people, and in fact, I do that on my own. But I do have a problem when money is stolen to do it. Yeah, it's a social contract. Well, deal. that's what when the utilitarian about? arguments come out. If we don't do this, nobody will do it. Yeah, because people are evil, right? That, I guess that's the suggestion. Well, it is a suggestion, which of course then leads you to, well, why, if people are evil, would you want to give those evil people power? Mm. That's the people in the government. Yeah, exactly. More coming up here. Hour two's next. You take control to bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll free, and bring up anything 800 259 9231. That ever brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1 800 259 9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, so, last hour, we just barely had the chance to begin discussing the money side of the war. The, uh, you touched, Mark, on how uh, there were, what, trillions of dollars so far that have been spent on the uh, the war, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and of course, it's not about keeping you safe. We, uh, You want to point out the fact that if it were about keeping you safe, then they wouldn't be meddling in other countries' affairs and killing people and creating terrorists. It's the U.S. federal government's activities in the Middle East that is the number one reason why terrorist attacks happen. When they do happen, which is very rarely here in the U.S., it's the number one reason for it. But the reason that they're going over there and doing these things is really primarily for the money. It's uh, to hand out contracts to their buddies in the military-industrial complex. So their buddies in the military-industrial complex will hand them, the politicians that is, money 
so they can run their next campaign, so they can get elected, and so they can you know keep the process going forever as long as they possibly can. And in many cases, until they die, uh, like politicians like uh, who was it old that old you know old racist guy Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond. That's who it was. Uh, so that's the process, right? And then occasionally, in the midst of all this, there's just some money that goes missing. I mean, as though uh, you know, four trillion dollars. Uh, quite a lot in the military. Oh yeah. I mean, they've lost to, to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. That's right, billions more than we could possibly count. Uh, we'll start with the eight billion dollars that was spent on. Uh, let's see, this is Iraq. The U.S. Department of Defense, according to World Net Daily. Got more than $9 billion from the sale of Iraqi oil and other revenue streams to be used for reconstruction inside the war-damaged nation and spent it, but can't document where $8.7 billion of the $9 billion went, according to an inspector general's report published online. <laughs> so they... they uh, <laughs> So point three, point three billion. billion. Yeah, they can they can account for, but yeah. not anything else. Ooh, where'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, happened? and look, I there's just a case uh, across the river. I think it was in uh, Westchester, Vermont, and this happens everywhere in the United States, where some accountant who worked, or she wasn't even an accountant, she was a bookkeeper, where some bookkeeper who worked for a company embezzled money over the years, and mm-hmm. she had embezzled several hundred thousand dollars, and now she's in prison, and the guy's yeah. not going to. See any money back? He hopes to get something sometime, but she's, you know, she's she's in prison for several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, putting her in prison isn't going to get his money back, that's for sure. <laughs> and these people that have lost billions of dollars, billions of dollars, they're not going to see the first thing happen to them. Who, who, right? Their I mean, names aren't even in the article. Stossel did a report a while back on about a trillion dollars of military. Just gone over Military time. Spending. I bet that's true. Over a period of time, yeah. basically, they 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 could not account for a, a trillion dollars. Uh, if, if, if I'm I'm going from memory, so I I I don't. I'm, Sounds I'm right happen. to me. But yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, I, remember, I remember it being an absurdly huge number. Yeah, that's the same guy who did a puff piece about the military not long ago for Fox News. Yeah, I, was I was so watching shocked. His show, uh, so disappointed last yeah. night. Nitivo it, so I don't know what night it's from. But uh, you know, he's he's letting the Republicans, uh, Republicans, uh, what, what's the term for a libertarian Republican? You know, whatever um, a libertarian, <laughs> libertarian Republican, come on and and talk about well, you know, the government is a uh, the, the military is a legitimate use of government money. Blech. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He tries it's to hold them, like that that have ruined the libertarian movement. He tries to hold them to the their, their feet to the fire a little 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 bit on that, but not much. So, mm. 8.7 billion. Uh, well, where to go? The military's response in the report noted the records probably exist. It's just they're probably archived and it might take a long time to track them down. The issue was documented in a published report from the Special Inspector General, not just the Inspector General, the special one. For Iraqi reconstruction, it first was reported by uh, whoever. So there's uh, there's a several billion dollars that uh, they they have no idea where that is. But that's not all. Billions, and there's more details there. Uh, the story from, again, World Net Daily. Billions in Afghanistan. Aid dollars unaccounted for, according to an audit reported by the AFP. Nearly $18 billion in this one have been earmarked for reconstruction in Afghanistan remain unaccounted for, snagged in a labyrinth of contract bureaucracy. A sweeping U.S. government audit has shown the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, or SIGAR, said $17.7 billion was... Afghanistan's reconstruction? Mm. Come on. (laughs) Afghanistan's reconstruction? (laughs) 
apparently they needed you know they, they more to because it's more than 18 billion right that they've sent over but uh, but 18 billion of it completely unaccounted for <laughs> there hasn't been 18 billion dollars worth of construction in afghanistan in the last century was obligated over three years to nearly 7,000 contractors, but the Pentagon, State Department, and U.S. Agency for International Development were unable to say how much money has been spent. The audit addresses fiscal years 07 through 09, but the problems go back to 2002 when the United States began funding Afghanistan's reconstruction because much of the data available from the agencies was too poor to be analyzed. These are bureaucrats who fill out reports all day long. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, I mean, That's what they do for a living, is they keep records. And they're not getting it right. Their reports are just, as they say, this is their reports saying that their reports are too poor to be analyzed. We can't even look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And years into the reconstruction, there is still no central government database to monitor the projects from various U.S. agencies and departments, according to SIGAR. Prior to this audit report, there was no comprehensive study on contractors and the money the U.S. is spending through contractors on Afghan reconstruction. So basically, you've got 7,000 contractors that are in Afghanistan doing whatever and getting (laughs) – and undisclosed amount of money from the u.s government through the people that they have contacts with in the u.s government some nobody's bothering to write it down but yet somebody's managed to come up with well we see that 17 billion dollars or eight almost 18 billion dollars is missing like we know how much generally has been spent but we don't know where 18 billion of it is it probably went to these 7,000 contractors. We can't tell. We can't make heads or tails out of the reports <laughs> it's uh, but so keep sad paying your taxes folks because so sad <laughs> and this is not new this isn't news i mean as far as if you've paid attention to the government over the years whether it's afghanistan iraq or washington dc there have been reports we've reported on these stories for years where there's a billion dollars here there's a billion dollars there it's gone we don't know where it went hey, well, you know, moving on happens it happens a billion here a billion there pretty soon you're talking real money yeah, yeah right it happens all the time i i mean there was there was nothing that can this happen this is going on it. in afghanistan right now i've read the reports but in iraq these things were called footballs and i believe they were and i may i may be mistaken here i believe they were a hundred thousand dollars in cash and they were shrink wrapped in plastic clear plastic and they would just use these as bartering tools hundred thousand dollars in cash use these as bartering tools with the you know whomever they had to do to get whatever they had yeah, to get. i heard about this bricks of money yes bricks of cash they were on called footballs. yeah and and they would just give them out to whomever and do whatever they had to do to get whatever they had to get and you can imagine a what uh, people in you know the chieftains in uh, Afghanistan are saying. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a bad guy. Give me a football. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'll Make tell me you, Dale, filthy, stinking rich for for just this for nothing. Just to, I like just you, to, Dale, but a yeah. hundred thousand dollars in yeah. cash. You know, I mean, imagine be- what kind of deals these contractors are getting that are completely off the books. There, oh, looks like there's some broken windows in that building over there. That's going to be a football. Yeah, you know? of course it is. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You, we, we can't do anything but speculate because there's no, there's no trail. There's no paper trail. Yes, yeah. no it's accounting. Gone. No accounting. No accountability. Right? How could you hold them accountable? They're the government. They, you could stop paying taxes. They're supreme. They you have could, the supreme authority. But, but Ian, they need that in order to maintain 
to prevent chaos. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is chaos. Right. What are we talking about? Like wars overseas dollars. and billions yeah. of dollars disappearing without a trace, uh, but they're preventing chaos? Right, like that's going to happen anywhere else in the marketplace. Like Walmart comes up with a quarterly report. Yeah, we lost $18 billion this uh, this quarter. Well, let's move on. Press <laughs> that one under the rug. Our shareholders won't notice. Right? 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. But there is a little bit of good news. Uh, we're going to share that with you coming up here. The cities around the country have been putting up these crime cameras. Well, how's it going? We'll find out on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free, taking control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Ever brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can enjoy our website for free and enjoy the various features there, like our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact via our chat room, which is built into the same page. Uh, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com to do that, and it's all free. Brought to you by Memory Dealers. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. So a little bit of good news. I like to bring it to you when it is available. It's sure is a lot of bad news out there. Of course, that tends to be the news business, right? Yes, yeah. reporting on bad news. Uh, but there's always you know, plenty of news about the ever-encroaching police state. So we talked this week about the uh, the TSA increasing the invasiveness of their pat-downs. They're no longer going to use the backsides of their hands. They're going to be touching Now you. they're going to be grabbing it full That's on. right, all over. And what is their justification for this? I've heard this, but well, it's I all the terrorism that's not. been happening. That, uh, why you know, do they have to use the front of their hands now? Well, did, the, was there any was there an event? Did they use a certain event where something got through no. that no. they would have felt if they'd used the front of their hands instead no. of the back of their hands? They just no. want to encourage you to go through the new sniffing what is there, device. What's, or, yeah, what's going what it, to be their explanation when they need, when they have to use their penis to pat you down? <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is their justification going to be then? <laughs> my hands aren't sensitive enough to catch everything. <laughs> well, it's not like you can read Braille with that thing, my friend. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. They, I mean, well, your lips are very sensitive. Oh, you have a lot of nerve endings in your lips. So there, when the hands are no longer good enough. There are oh, stories God. all over the place about the continued uh, increase of the police state. And occasionally you'll get a story like this one where things might be going in the reverse direction. From NOLA.com, as in New Orleans, Louisiana. In seven years, New Orleans' crime camera program has yielded a total six indictments <laughs> seven years six indictments 
three for crimes caught on video, and three for bribes and kickbacks that a vendor is accused of paying a former city official to sell the cameras to City Hall. So apparently the camera vendor caught himself doing a bribe or something like that on the cameras that... Anyway, only three actual crimes. Uh, no, no, it's not. No, it's I not think about, they're saying they, uh, that there's three crimes that are related to the actual business transactions of putting the cameras in. Yes, uh, okay. and so they're attributing those to the cameras, which is a little bit, yeah, disingenuous. Well, it's disingenuous, but at the same time, they're pointing it out. Yeah. They're pointing out just right. how stupid, expensive so these really, cameras are. So really, three, three that you can actually right. attribute to the cameras, sure. and three that you know are yes. because you of had the to read. The, you had to read the article to come up with this, but this just points out what we've been saying on Free Talk Live all along: that these things are extraordinarily expensive, and that they catch almost nothing. That That's they are right. as effective in deterring crime. They are less effective in deterring crime than streetlights. Actually, streetlights are far more effective. Yeah. Than these cameras. I think, I think that's what Mark said. They're that's, less I, I effective than streetlights. Well, that's no? fine. They're less oh. effective, but streetlights are very effective in comparison to these cameras. Right. Like having a lit area, that right. really does a lot to reduce I've heard that for crime. your house, too. If you light up you know, the area around your house, you're less likely to... Yeah, that's why they have yeah. those uh, motion lights where if somebody's walking around your yard, you, the, the light turns on. It's supposed to scare them away. Oh, crap, somebody might know I'm here. So I'm, yeah. I'm gone. Um, and it was, the great, it was Great Britain where the study was done because they installed 4 million They're cameras. They're not getting rid of them, though. No, of course not. <laughs> Uh, they installed four million cameras, and that's where the study was done that revealed this information, or one of the studies that was done that revealed this information. So now in New Orleans, they're saying similar things, where given that ignominious track record and ignominious, really, oh, ignominious track record, and the millions the city has paid for a camera network that rarely worked, Mayor Mitch Landro unceremoniously pulled the plug on the project on Thursday. Saying this, most of us can agree that based on the way they were installed, based on the way that they were operated, and the way they were not maintained, that they were not a good investment, Landro said as he announced his proposal to scratch the program from the city budget. The budget does require city council approval. For now, the cameras will stay in place, but will not be maintained. Landro says he wants to wait and see if there ever is something that could, they could use again before taking them down said, when you really prioritize and you're asking whether that's the best money spent on trying to make the streets safe, we've concluded, given our financial pressures and our requirement to the city that we not waste money, <laughs> that that's not a good priority for us, he said. Now, that's, that's something that's unusual for a government bureaucrat uh, to do, is to actually admit, hey, we were wrong about this. Well, it probably wasn't his idea, so he doesn't have as much emotional Maybe. attachment to, to it. But, but I, he's doing a cost-benefit analysis. I love bringing up cost-benefit analysis because it's something government never likes to really do. And you're and correct, a, Mark. A lot of people don't do cost-benefit analysis, and so it's no, it doesn't surprise me that this well, incredibly ineffective bureaucracy known as you know various governments don't take don't think about cost benefit analysis when they're trying to solve problems well when they um when you're dealing with a local government or a state government they don't have the ability to print money like federal governments do so that's true um i don't know if great britain's uh, camera program is run by london or by the, uh, the the federal government but you know maybe maybe it's run by the federal government in which case they can just print the money to pay for it so they don't have the same uh, motivations mm-hmm. and with the down economy City and, and state governments are realizing they simply can't tax anyone anymore. California isn't willing to raise taxes, and it has a huge budget crisis, and they don't know what to do. 
because they it's very difficult for them to people to, are bailing on California like nobody's business and yeah. I'm speaking as someone who bailed yes uh, in a panic like man, I, I I remember you know selling my home and thinking I've got to sell this now or it will be a disaster and I was absolutely 100 percent correct and and it's and, and left and right people are bailing in a panic because it's yeah I mean something's gonna something's got to give over there. They don't have the benefit that the federal government has of just printing more money and fiddling with numbers and right. In the case all of the, that, in the case of the federal government, the the scam can continue. They can continue to pay contractors. They can string to, it along longer than California can. Right. It and, will. It will. Some will give there there too, but but it'll take longer. Well, right, because <laughs> they can just print it out. They can just keep doing contracts. Whereas the the deal's done here in New Orleans, right? Uh, according to the story, back in 2003, it was Mayor Ray Nagin. So you're correct, Mark. It wasn't the same mayor, uh, Ray Nagin, who introduced the concept as a panacea for the crime-stricken city. The cameras were. This will fix everything, yeah, folks. That's right. And so beware, politicians, bearing answers. When I say the deal's done, meaning what I mean is. The company that installed these made their money, right? They they did the deal. They put them up. They got, got paid too much money uh, to do it. They cashed in. And, okay, so they don't get the maintenance contract at this point on it. But they did get a sweet, sweet citywide ca- security camera installation contract out of the city of New Orleans. And yeah. so they're, I'm sure they're sitting pretty. Yeah, that, that company's made at this it's point. It's so easy to sell stuff to governments. Maybe again because maybe because they get money so easily by just taking it from people. But right. I remember a great presentation given at a Reason conference talking about rails. You know, selling railway systems mm-hmm. to, to to cities. So the idea of putting in a rail system, and they talk about all these economic boons, these, these wonderful things that are going to happen once you put in the rail, and how it's going to reduce traffic, and it's going to create jobs, and do. And they go through this whole process, and they talk about very objective things. That, that you you will benefit from when you do this, and they've done it to like thirty different cities, and it's never, never happened. Never. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. We'll give you a little more on what's happening there in New Orleans, and also take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we have there completely free. Uh, freetalklive.com features including news updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something 
that you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to news.freetalklive.com. And you can get signed up via email or Twitter or Facebook, and those are the three different ways you can kind of keep in the loop with what's going on with the show. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get on board there. And, Mark, tell me about the uh, Institute for Humane Studies and what they're offering people of college age. Well, they're offering internships, different kinds of internships, whether it's a journalism internship or they have this uh, Charles G. Koch Summer Fellowship Program, which uh, will place you in uh, public policy uh, organizations like uh, Think tanks and that kind of thing. They have them all over the country, many of them in Washington, D.C. They're for people who are interested in, in the ideas of liberty. They'll be placed at liberty-friendly organizations, um, and they'll be on the front lines of liberty. You can make an intern, a difference with an internship through the IHS. You'll get a stipend. That means you get paid. Uh, there's uh, career workshops, mentoring, housing assistance. All majors are encouraged to pl- apply. It's open to undergraduates and graduates and recent graduates. Go to libertarianinternships.com. When you go there, you're going to have to sign up to get more information. Um, it's libertarianinternships.com. So we are giving you some of the good news out there about these security cameras in New Orleans where they have determined the mayor has announced he's pulling the plug on this program. This is a waste of money. In seven years, they've caught three criminals on video. And we're going to get to some of the more of the breakdown here as to what, the, what was promised about these cameras what was it? How did they sell the idea of these cameras? Uh, and, and what actually, of course, we know what actually happened. But what were they? What was the pitch? We'll get to that here in a bit. But first, your thoughts are welcome. Tom is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello, Tom. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I heard you talking about cameras. And um, I called up about three weeks ago, and I mentioned about uh, we, we, there's cameras on the interstates. Um, they're, uh, it's a black uh, dome. The kind you see, like in Walmart. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's a smoke dome lens, and um, they. Uh, I, I live in. Uh, you said New York. Actually, I'm in South Florida. Oh, and uh, about uh, last summer, in other words, almost a little over a year ago, I, I drove up to the Smoky Mountains from here, and uh, they are every mile, all the way up and all the way back. And since then, I've alerted other friends to it. And I was just wondering, you if you guys could have people call in. I mean. They're not hard to to see. They really are there. I, I almost feel like I'm nuts because I'm the only person talking Didn't, about them. I, I mention them to people. Tom, hang on a minute. Nobody Mark, sees do, them. Do you recall? Did, did we have a trucker call in and basically yeah, say that this? Yeah, he sort was... of obscured what I said. I mentioned that not only do they have these lenses, they have large, you know, electrical boxes at the bottom, and on many of them they have uh, transducers, which are on like goosenecks that you can angle and adjust to point down at the road, and then in 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 uh, I also mentioned a very large-looking transducer near a truck way station, and somehow he called up and said, oh, that's for X-raying the trucks and this and that or whatever. I don't think he said but, it was for X-raying the trucks. Well, I think um, it was for some kind of a – what was it? Way, what do you recall? It was like a tracking – something. It was, yeah. it was some kind of a way system or, tr- yeah. or a tracking uh, system. Do you, yeah, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I thought it was – I, I remember, okay. but I, you know, I think yeah, it was a way thing. But that seemed to negate what I was really trying to say is these things are every 5,000 feet on – Every interstate I've driven on, and I've been told by a friend of mine who has a trucker friends, they said they're on all the interstates everywhere. You have to look for them to see them. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't have them up there, but you don't see I them unless you look I didn't see them when I went them. out on the interstate recently, uh, and I did kind of take a look, but, you know, it's, it could be a state they're program. On, they're on about 50-foot poles, and you'll see that it goes up and it droops over, and you'll see the, the dome. 
And um, it'd be interesting to have people look. I mean, it's, I know it's dark now all on the yeah, east I doubt coast. It's a, I doubt it's a good thing, whatever it is. And if anybody has any more uh, expertise as to what it might be, don't hesitate to call in. Was there anything else you wanted to share tonight, Tom? Well, yeah, there was a thing on the Internet about in India – they're, they're, they're installing um, RFID uh, stickers on all the cars so they can charge a, a road tax. And obviously they're going to have cameras or sensors for that to be able to pull that off. Yeah, what else? And, they'd have to, right? And here in Florida, about a couple weeks ago, I was listening on the radio, and they said, oh, don't worry about the turnpike anymore down here. Uh, if you, we have a thing called the Sun Pass, which you buy, you, you prepay, and you get a little bit cheaper. It's all, it's all over, and uh, it's called something else. And yeah, right. Easy pass. Okay. Or so now like they said, don't worry about SunPass. If you don't have one, you're going to have a photograph taken of your license plate, and you're going to get a bill in the mail for the toll plus a $2.50 administrative fee. So it's already happening. At the very least, they're going to use these cameras to charge us a road tax. I think it's coming up where you're going to have to pay you know, a few pennies a mile, even on the interstates. They would love and that. Thank you, Tom, It'll for the call in. tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800. This is, this is the nightmare. That, sorry, go ahead. 259 Thanks, Dale. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Um, this is the thing. This is the horror story they tell you. If the government didn't do the roads, then we'd have toll roads everywhere. And look what they're right? doing. And yeah. the government's doing toll roads and taxing us for them and spending the tax money on other things than on roads and uh, endless crap that uh, we. But we got to have the government to build roads. We wouldn't have roads. There is no possible way to build roads without violence. Toll roads are another one of those things where they're pitched in a certain way and then they happen in a different way where they'll pitch it and say, oh, I just need the tolls to recoup the cost for the road. And then the tolls are going to go away and then they but never mostly do. mostly the tolls go to pay the toll takers. I mean, in many, yeah. Yeah. in many states, these toll takers are making just shy of $100,000. And when you consider the cost of employing them, the all the fees that go sure. into employing somebody, they're $125,000 a year employees. Don't forget the pensions. And, and, you I've know, heard in the, in the one... The, the number I heard in New Hampshire, and this is hearsay, but uh, the, what I heard in New Hampshire was half the money is just to maintain the toll booth. I'm sure. It, it's, you know, it's like we'd immediately, you know, have cut the cost down by half by not having the toll booths. So. so back to New Orleans where cameras are all over the city and the current mayor is saying, yeah, we're pulling the plug. Uh, this is a huge waste of money. We can't even keep these cameras maintained. They're broken. Uh, we, we suck. We're getting rid of them. And and then good on him for actually admitting that. And you pointed out correctly, Mark, that uh, this guy was not the same mayor that actually instituted the cameras. That was Mayor Ray Nagin. Then that idea would never go anywhere because it, it was his idea, his yeah. baby, his uh, – and, and you'd, you'd have to keep them. Right, and it was touted as a panacea for the crime-stricken city in 2003 when he handed the concept to the whiz kid technology chief for the government, Greg Mefford. On an, a, a national television interview and a USA Today article in 2004, Meffert bragged that New Orleans was blazing a new crime-fighting trail. He also claimed that a pilot project in the Iberville or Iberville uh, public housing development had reduced murders by 57%. At the same time, he laughed off suggestions that the statistics were skewed by the tiny sample size. But the tables turned late last year when he testified in a civil court trial as he tried to defend his decision to replace the original crime camera vendors with a team led by a buddy from the private sector. Oh you know, New Orleans is it's it's hard for me to look at stories out of New Orleans with uh, without, you know, just chuckling to myself. It is one of the most corrupt places in the United States. You don't States. think this would happen somewhere else? Not where as somebody's buddy is getting the contract. This happens in every government everywhere. Their friends get contracts. Uh, you know, I think I think different governments have different levels of corruption. Yeah. I think that maybe you just don't know about it. In I the think you're, when you're dealing with places like New York City, 
Chicago, Illinois, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, the whole state of Rhode Island. That you're uh, you're talking about just a a whole new kind of even more gangster esque. I don't know level about that, Mark. I think the aggregate level of corruption is obviously higher in those higher populated areas. But sometimes small towns can have some of the biggest, you know, you know most widest corrupt. Uh, you know, the entire governments can be corrupt. And, you're right. Uh, they can certainly be uh, corrupt. There's not as much crooked. money to uh, take from those folks. Generally. That's what I said. There's more money in New York City, but still, that doesn't mean the corruption isn't there, and that it's not significant to the people that live there. So this man, this Meffert, uh, testifying in a civil court trial uh, th- about l- allowing his buddy from the private sector to do it, he actually admitted that, in fact, the sample size in the Iberville trial was too small to matter. And then uh, in 2005 and 06, a larger camera project failed to get off the ground as various St. Pierre companies set up deals with Dell Incorporated to sell them to New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Savannah, Georgia, and elsewhere. Uh, There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. They also gave this guy a corporate credit card, and we'll tell you what he put on that. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free and bringing up, well, anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site free. Uh, So head over there and enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Get the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're filling you in on the details. This is good news, actually. About how uh, the uh, folks running the government of the city of New Orleans have admitted that this whole security camera program that was implemented seven years ago has been an abject failure. Over seven years, capturing a total of three, leading to uh, three indictments. Now, an indictment isn't a conviction, right? <laughs> uh, it's it's not. Right. Uh, so we don't know, actually. But with the way that uh, people plea bargain in the United States, it basically is. That much is true, but it doesn't say three convictions. Just to make that clear, so three indictments is all they can say <laughs> about this uh, this crime camera program that costs who knows how much money to install across the system. Uh, they're discussing how originally in 2003 it was pitched as the panacea for the crime-stricken city, and the technology whiz kid chief, uh, chief Greg Meffert was saying that this was going to blaze a new crime-fighting trail and they apparently gave this guy a corporate credit card, which allowed him to charge all kinds of interesting things, like uh, while he was working as this city tech chief, including exotic vacations for him, the mayor, and their families. As soon as the civil trial... Well, the mayor didn't know about that. <laughs> Just thought he was uh, spending his paycheck on him, right? Yeah. Uh, as soon as the civil trial ended last November, a U.S. attorney, Jim Letton, indicted St. Pierre Meffert and Meffert's wife, Linda, charging them with 63, a 63-count corruption scheme centered on the crime camera deal and the money St. Pierre paid to the Mefferts. After Meffert left City Hall, 
and uh, and St. Pierre, excuse me, was the private uh, camera installer that this guy was teaming up with to do this. After Meffert left City Hall, there were only 53 Dell cameras in place. Nagan still promised a network of 250 cameras, but the wireless connections that were supposed to enable the cameras to communicate images back to the police stations had major problems. A new vendor tried to establish a different process, but a new scandal broke out. Nagan's new technology chief, Anthony Jones, was accused of taking gratuities from a vendor and falsifying payments. An audit found the city didn't get the network that it asked for, and Jones was fired. It's just this way when it comes to the government and technology. They can't get anything right, and certainly, even though they hire IT guys to handle their uh, their technical stuff, look what it leads to. It leads to the usual graft and corruption and malfeasance, and uh, what's what's new under the sun here? It's just that it's technology now that the governments are trying to uh, to deal with, and it's all the same scam. It's all going to be corruption when you when you deal with the government, some level or another. Records of exactly how much money the city has spent on the cameras are spotty. The city's paid for equipment, but also for contract personnel to install and maintain the system over the seven years. The total could be as high as $10 million. A city tally of the contract costs in early 2009 alone totaled more than $6 million. A review of the post-Meffert crime camera contract earlier this year showed that 200 cameras and network equipment under the latest contract would have cost another $4 million. Negan's last crime camera vendor, Technology Consortium Group, claimed all of the units were working in February. But after Ronal Surface took over as police superintendent, he said he found that many of them were still down and out. He said that there were many days that so few were operating that they had no impact, adding that the New Orleans Police Department found that private cameras provided more help to detectives. Hmm. Cameras in like uh, convenience stores. stores and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I would have guessed that. Yep. So there you have it from uh, NOLA.com, the latest reconfirming the information that we've given you over the years that these government cameras, these government camera programs do absolutely nothing next to zero to prohibit crime or to catch criminals. It's nonsense. And they've now reconfirmed that in New Orleans. Let's go to your phone calls. Bill's in Mississippi. You're on Free Talk Live listening to WPBQ in Jackson. Hey, Bill. Bill in Mississippi. Going. Oh, he's gone. 1-800-259-9231. So if you really want to stop crime, let's give you some solutions. If you really want to stop crime, then... And the war on drugs. That's Stick a big one. Stick an NRA's uh, uh, yard sign in your yard. <laughs> an NRA yard sign. What? It, it would scare the crooks a little bit, I would think. Mm, uh, maybe, maybe. Although the uh, NRA is uh, not Back when I used to shoot, I had uh, the targets from shooting practice. And hang I those up. Stick those in my window near That's the front door idea. and the side doors and stuff. Where were you living at the time? Uh, where was I then? I think... Um, uh, I don't know if it's that important. No, I didn't actually. The thing is, I didn't actually put them up. I just remember saying I was going to do it and planning to do it, and never actually got oh, around to it. It was a good idea. But I think I was living in. Uh, I think I was living in uh, the other when I was renting a room in Keene with some other people. Gotcha. So, uh, so yeah, I'm so, not going to do that now. So, some <laughs> solutions to uh, actually reduce crime. Uh, ending the war on drugs is a big one because the war on drugs creates excuses for the police to harass people, and it creates a black market. 
and uh, the black market leads to violence, and it leads to people getting ripped off and overdosing and all well, kinds and of problems. Considering that, I mean, the, the the government doesn't prevent crime; it monopolizes it. That's the way I like to put it. It, it, it claims a monopoly on crime. So if you commit a crime, what they're really upset about is that you're doing something that they have. Uh, excluded other people. <laughs> they, they've something they've kept to themselves. Like Usually taxes. they're allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, they can tax, they can steal, but they call it taxes when well, they do it. And taxes are certainly theft, else. and I'm not going to. I'm not well, going to disagree with well, you. Well, but they, they can also kidnap people. Yes, uh, they do that. It's if not you illegal. If they do it. That's that, that's not. It's not called kidnapping. Yep. It's called arresting people. They um, have a monopoly privilege on the use of violence. They, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, which is really you know now and and presumably. You know the, the the intention is that it's justified because it's being used in defense of people. You know the basic idea is that it's used to defend you, and and it's sort of almost loosely related to the NAP in theory, but in the actuality, na- the I'm sorry, the the, the the non-aggression principle, the NAP. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but in but in reality, it's based on things that have nothing to do with protecting people, right? Most of the time. Well, so I, I think that people are more concerned with the crime that they can't predict than the crime that they can predict. I think that when we're talking about oh, you're crime, no, no doubt about that. But people I'm saying are concerned that, with well, that guy but, that's going to bust through the door with a gun. They're not they, concerned but, with but the I, cop. But if you my pay intention is to tax, make them more aware of these of these things that they don't to, see as crime. Indeed. And then and so if you want to talk about reducing crime, just stop letting the government do crimes. Okay. giving them a free pass to do crimes. If you want to talk about reducing crime, that really what you want people want to talk about is reducing unexpected crime. Because, you know, when you're talking about crime, let's talk about crime. And when you talk about taxes, I think you should talk about taxes. And I think in this case, when you're talking, Ian was just suggesting sure, the drug that's war. fair enough. Uh, the drug war is a uh, is, is it is a crime. It is certainly stimulating a, crime. a tremendous amount of crime. The drug, the drug war like is stimulating yeah. a tremendous amount of crime that's related to the fact that the drugs have been made illegal and then been pushed underground and if somebody and breaks into got, a car become expensive and all if somebody that. breaks into a car or holds up a store or holds you up at gunpoint or knife point in the street there's probably an above an 80% chance they're doing it to get money to buy drugs on the black market. So ending the yep. war on drugs would go a long way to it. Also, I think you're right. And I, I think it absolutely to, would be like 80%. I didn't want to dwell on that. I just wanted to kind of quickly yep. make that point. But I would point out that there is a tremendous, a tremendous amount of resources that could be used to truly fight crime. Without that, yes. there's also there's also the false sense of security, the fact that people feel like police are pr- protecting them from crimes when in fact that's very little of what they actually do is protecting people from real crimes. There's there's you know there's the supposedly protecting people from someone speeding right if they're out or, arresting speeders or they're t- they're ticketing a pot smoker then they're not investigating a murderer right I, I would say people have a very exactly and I think people have a very exaggerated perception of cops actually stopping cr- violent crimes. It's very rare I think that they actually do that. It's, uh, it's very. I mean, I'm not saying they never do. I mean, well, there are cases of be, it. It makes the paper when they do. You know, it's but, hard to be in the right place at the right time. Absolutely, yeah. and 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 that is again, that's a false sense of security. People feel like, oh, I'm not going to be safe if there weren't cops around. When in fact, that's it's probably more likely that you're just getting you're getting a false sense of security. This is security theater too, well, as well. I think you uh, can from make the an idea argument. that the cops are around and you're not doing the things that would truly protect you. Let's go I to think the you can make it to the fun here. Mike is in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, are you talking about the traffic cameras or the con- crime cameras in New Orleans? Uh, the crime cameras. Okay, because the Supreme Court also, uh, state Supreme Court, uh, blocked them from doing the traffic cameras too here. They blocked them? So yeah. were they already doing them and they put a stop to the program or they never got to start? They put a stop to the program. That's great news. 
Yeah, we have the same problem though here in Baton Rouge, and our officials are fighting it. They're saying, oh, this don't apply to us because it's kind of obscure what they did, but we're having the same problem with the crime cameras here in Baton Rouge with Mayor Kip Holden. You know, he said, claim they're doing all these great and wonderful things. If but- you want to tell us more, you're welcome to hang on. Thanks for the info. More coming up, hour two, or hour three actually is next. This is. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there completely free. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. As we launch here into the third hour, we will take your calls about anything. I don't know if we saw Mike with us in Louisiana. Mike, uh, do we have Mike there? Mike, Louisiana? Going once, Mike in Louisiana, he's gone. All right, so uh, we were talking with Mike about how these camera systems in the uh, New Orleans area are being taken down. The new mayor in New Orleans is. I guess they have them in Baton Rouge too. Yeah, and Mike, right? Uh, Mike was calling to say they've got them in Baton Rouge, and they're also as broken there as they are apparently in. Uh, they're going to be broken everywhere. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's a big waste of money. But they're not broken in the Walmart parking lot. They're not broken at the local bank. They're not broken anywhere else. Anybody who's actually in business uh, has a camera. Sure, they can they can run them without putting cops on them and stuff like that. Well, and they have an interest in making sure they uh, they're running accurately. the The local Walmart wants to make sure their cameras are working so they can have loss control and not have a bunch of products going out their front door. Uh, the you know the local convenience store wants to have a camera there to make sure that their clerks are are protected as much as possible from from robberies. Or they're protected as much as possible from their clerks. They're, that's just, <laughs> this is true. Right? <laughs> most uh, most crime committed on a uh, on a store as far as theft, it, like, a lot of it comes from I don't know if it's most, but a significant amount of it Shrinkage. comes from, from the inside. Yeah. So uh, so the reason why is they have an incentive to make sure their cameras are operational and to continue checking on them. Whereas the government folks, they just they don't care. Maybe some of them do, but it's not enough to, to make a difference because in New Orleans, they spent uh, millions upon millions of dollars on this system. And the, the mayor has pulled the, pro- the plug from the program saying that, well, they're just a lot of them just aren't working. We can't keep them working. Uh, the, the Wi-Fi isn't uh, isn't working. They can't trans the cameras can't transmit. I mean, there's just so many problems. That, and then there's the corruption that was involved in actually hooking them up. It's just horrible. Right. And, and what amazes me is that they actually stepped forward and admitted this stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the 
uh, they do that all uh, there's all kinds of corruption and, and inefficiency in government the idea that they would step forward and talk about corruption and inefficiency is amazing to me speaking of cameras we've had carlos miller on this program in the past and our friends from liberty on tour uh, adam and pete they are now down in Miami, and that's where Carlos Miller is based out of. Carlos Miller is a photographer uh, by trade who was taking pictures of a, an accident scene in Miami. Just, you know, car accident. He happened upon it, decided he's a photographer, wanted to take some pictures. And the cops surrounded him, accosted him, and arrested him for the horrible crime of taking pictures of the police doing something he in was public. professional, too. Wasn't he working for some newspaper at the time? I don't know if he was there on assignment. I think he is a professional who happened across that But that, that doesn't scene. matter. You're always on the clock True. when you're a photographer or a I reporter. think he's a freelancer, actually. So, yeah. I mean, he's still on the clock. Right. Well, it doesn't matter to me whether he's a professional or not. I Anybody understand. I just take pictures. Agreed. And so... He was arrested. They ended up dropping the charges, and he was actually, I think, arrested again for something similar to a different location, and they dropped those charges eventually. Or Actually, I think he was found not guilty on, on one or two of them. But nonetheless, he kicked off his own blog over at carlosmiller.com to kind Called of photography keep, is not a crime. Correct. Uh, to keep an eye on similar stories that are happening across the country because his is not an uncommon one. Uh, these police in many places do not like being photographed or videotaped and carlos miller does a great job of kind of keeping uh, keeping tabs on that now then here's a piece from carlos miller and this one for whatever reason is uh, is over at pixic p-i-x-i-q dot com where he talks about how he hooked up with the voice from liberty on tour adam and pete at liberty on tour.com they are they've been going across the country they started here in our beautiful Keene, new hampshire went all the way to the west coast and then came all the way back to the east now in miami to finish up the tour they're about wrapping it up i think tonight is their final party they're at their uh, their final meetup with uh, the folks that love liberty down in miami and they got a chance to meet carlos miller and so here's his piece on what they decided to go out and do together We knew it was too good to be true, writes Carlos. The way Miami-Dade Metro Security or Metro Rail Security officials informed us that they are now aware of the law that states photography at transit stations is permissible. On Thursday, I was once again accosted by a Metro Rail Security guard from 50 State who bull-rushed me as if I were a matador. The same security guard also bull-rushed Adam Miller from Liberty on Tour, part of the activist duo who finally made it to Miami after traveling the country for the past few months in an RV. The guard, whose name is Carlos Rodriguez, ended up grabbing Miller's camera, attempting to shut it down. He also tried to grab my camera, but I'm a veteran at these situations, so I stepped aside or turned my back on him like a true matador. (laughs) (laughs) When he realized we were not going to allow ourselves to be intimidated, he pulled out his own cell phone camera and took our pictures. Considering the guy was armed, we're lucky that's all he pulled out. Yeah. We both smiled for the picture. I introduced myself. Adam waved. The above video, and you can see this video at freekeen.com. I posted it up there uh, earlier today. The video is compilation of the footage that I shot and that Adam shot. Adam put it together after I dropped him off at the RV. So what does it all mean? Well, besides constant fodder for my blog, it means there's a serious lack of communication within Miami-Dade County Transit and 50 State Security. Really? Last month, after two A bureaucracy that can't find its butt with both of its hands? Why should they don't want to find it? Because they know that... Let me tell you what happened to him first uh, for the commentary. Last month, after two incidents in which I was either permanently banned from the metro rail or outright assaulted by a security guard for shooting video on the premises, public 
property. A local representative fired off a letter to, uh, of complaint to Miami-Dade County Manager George Burgess. It took a couple of months, but Burgess eventually responded to Councilman Stephen Murray, informing him of the following, quote, MTD met with the security contractor to stress the right of the public to photograph in the common areas of its public facilities. To that end, all contracted security officers have been retrained on the appropriate manner in which to enforce Miami-Dade County Code of Ordinances, part blah, 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 chapter whatever. Governing photography on the transit system and a copy of the aforementioned code has been placed at all MDT Metro Rail security kiosks. Sounds pretty comprehensive, right? Well done. They, they've yeah. retrained every single one of their employees, and they've even posted a copy of the code at every single one of their uh, What their else stations. do you need? The right to take photographs on the Metro Rail was also confirmed in a letter to the National Press Photographers Association from Eric Munton, Director of Security for Miami-Dade Transit. So all of the head bureaucrats are saying, no worries here. We realize they were out of line. We've, uh, we've remedied this problem, and now photographers can feel free to go ahead and capture video or shoot pictures. Go back to what you're doing, citizens. There's your no problem here. Metro Rail locations. But as usual, when it comes to these government bureaucracies, even if the word gets out, it doesn't mean anything, right? These cops don't care. Well, they need to. What what sort of penalty are they facing if they break if they violate that? None. None. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there are no repercussions. They can do what they want, and they will never be punished for it. So why expect it? Well, the the worst that'll happen to them is they get on YouTube. And in this case, these cops That's the punishment. did get on YouTube, yeah. and it was literally a minute after Adam uh, and Carlos pulled out their cameras at this Metro Rail location. Within seconds, there was a cop that was saying, hey, bro, you can't record me. And then another one comes up, this one they described as the bull, uh, started rushing them and grabbing at their cameras and, and, literally, and assaulting these men. Yeah. If you, by the way, if you would have defended yourself against them, you would have probably been lost uh, 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 an assault on a Leo. All right, so we're actually going to continue this here in a moment, but I want to make sure I tell you about the Totosac first. Because that we're is gonna, the most important Zodiac sign. The, the Totosac Zodiac sign? No, sorry, go on. There, there should be one, because the Totosac is an amazing uh, device. It's the one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. You can uh, get them over at totosac.us. Now, it's a retail grocery bag carrier that handles more than you can. If you've ever... I'm sure you've done this. You've gone to your trunk in your car. You've pulled out as many bags as you possibly can to your minimize are hurting. The, the trips to, uh, to and fro. And they're digging into your hands, the palms of your hands, because you've got so much weight in there. And it's so difficult to, uh, to handle. And it's just it's a pain. Yep. The Totosac solves that problem. It makes it so easy to bring stuff back in from the car. I, I love the Totosac. It's, it's one of those products that's really easy to get behind because you can't go wrong with it. You, you, you cannot fail with the Totosac. The Totosac will not fail you. It is so strong. You can load up as many bags as you can fit on there. And as long as you're strong enough to lift the bags, the Totosac will uh, make it easy for you. Yeah, so. they make it a lot easier for you. If, you're, if you uh, call in right now at 603-435-1105, we'll give you a two-pack of the Totosac. That number is 603-435-1105. If you're the first caller in, you get a two-pack of the Totosac, courtesy of totosac.us. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. 
Talk Live. You take control and dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the various different features we have there, including live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions. They are there and available for you around the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is constantly airing, so you can tune in anytime and get the latest show over at listen.freetalklive.com. And, of course, we also have listen lines that allow you to call in with any phone that can dial long distance and listen in that manner, uh, listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by... The Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime, it's with other people who care about it. It's with other people who care so much about freedom, they are willing to pick up their lives and make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, as the three of us here in the studio tonight have done. And it's been one of the best choices I've made in my life. I love the people here. They're just so great. Uh, Most of them are just some of the friendliest folks that you'll come across. And, of course, the people in New Hampshire are tend to be friendlier from uh, my experience than uh, a lot of people you know, and, in a and, lot of places. You could, one can live anywhere, and there's friendly folks everywhere, but the steps towards liberty are happening already here. There are only maybe, you know, there's 850 recorded people, maybe 1,200 or something like that in the state. Just a guess. People who have pretty much made the move. Most made, of them made, the move made the move here. Um, for the Free State Project. And things are happening. They're happening. There's all kinds of quantifiable stuff that's occurring. Yep, uh, from politics to civil disobedience to non-cooperation, uh, outreach, and more. It's happening, and more keeps happening the more people show up. Uh, there's a lot still to be done. This is not the free state now. <laughs> there's a lot that needs to be done. In fact, I was uh, griping earlier about this sad, sad trial of, uh, of a nurse who was growing some marijuana plants, which you can see the video footage of over at freekeen.com, where the jurors were actually allowed to be informed about jury nullification, which I think is that's a major plus one for New Hampshire. In, in many courts across the country, if you bring up jury nullification in the courtroom, it'll be a mistrial, yeah. and you'll get possibly a contempt of court uh, citation. I mean, they're serious about in a lot of courtrooms keeping jury nullification under wraps yeah california that's the case as i understand it yeah across the country you have to be very careful with bringing up jury nullification and i was shocked i didn't believe that you could do it anywhere and i I misunderstood you earlier that they had actually brought it up during the trial because it was just such an 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 unbelievable thing that they got it in there and it wasn't a huge it wasn't a mistrial or so hopefully we'll hear that shot down by the judge or something i mean they rarely have trials because most people plea out but maybe as more liberty activists take their case to trial like sovereign curtis who's going to be going to trial on a marijuana distribution charge a misdemeanor charge was a felony they've already reduced it to a misdemeanor he will be doing i believe he's going to attempt to bring up jury nullification as well so the more often it comes up the more likely somebody will be to actually use the nullification. indeed i would say that's the case in this case, no one did, and it was really sad. So there's a long way to go. There's a lot of educating that needs to be done. But the more people we have together in the same place, the more likely we'll actually achieve liberty or something close to it uh, in our lifetime. So go to freestateproject.org, get signed up, get involved, freestateproject.org. We mentioned the guys from Liberty on Tour, uh, Adam and Pete. You can go to libertyontour.com to see what they've been up to and see a different video. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's up on their site. It's also at freekeen.com. Of them being in Miami, that's where they're at right now. Tonight they're at a a meetup with the Liberty Lovers in Miami. After yesterday, Adam teamed up with Carlos Miller to go to the Metro Rail Station, one of the Metro Rail Stations in Miami, where they've had problems in the past uh, harassing 
camera uh, users, people with video and uh, still cameras taking pictures and video at the metro rail stations, the government bureaucrats there have been harassing folks, including Carlos Miller from carlosmiller.com. They went back after allegedly every one of their employees had been trained. They've been expressly instructed that they are to not interfere with people who are using video or still phot- uh, photography cameras. They have laminated uh, the the law itself has been laminated and placed at the metro rail kiosks. So these bureaucrats are supposedly <laughs> in the know about this. It's right this. there at on the wall. Or it may even be private security that's hired by the the bureaucracy, but that's just one disconnection away from being yeah. a true bureaucrat. And these so, are just guys that wish they were cops. Uh, so the so so the the government bureaucrats here are saying the bureaucrats in charge of the city are saying okay we've done all we needed to do you guys are safe now to video and when our friend Adam uh, showed up there yesterday with uh, with Carlos Miller they were immediately harassed for having video cameras Seconds. not just harassed but assaulted this man attacks them not uh, does not hit them physically but he does grab their camera and wrestle with them over it and is is a total thug. So there's a little more to Carlos Miller's piece over at Pixic.com, P-I-X-I-Q. He says, it was only last month that I, along with a group of Miami photographers, visited the Coconut Grove Metro Rail Station. And after initially being told we were not allowed to take pictures, we were then informed that, yes, we are allowed to take pictures inside the stations. We were even shown the laminated copy of the law that they supposedly had placed at all of the Metro Rail stations. And we were informed that every single security guard would be required to sign a notice that they are aware of the county law that allows photography and videography in Inside metro rail stations but even then we knew it was too good to be true and it was they've proven now that uh, all of it was just a bunch of nonsense maybe maybe some of the security guards will uh, will lay off on harassing uh, videographers but the other ones haven't bothered to stop well you you with with anything that has to do with uh, achieving more liberty you have to be vigilant you have to uh, you know keep on Keep on reminding those that would control other people's behavior. Because they'll keep pushing. It's easy to do that. When you're given power, you're, it's easy to tell people what to do. It's fun. Well, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's fun for them. I, I, I don't desire it myself. The evidence right? is, Ian, that even um, that if you became a cop, that you would abuse your power. Because that's, that's how true. it goes but with power. I don't power. desire that. We, right? we, I know. We, we read an article about it last week, in fact, I believe. Was it last week or the yep, week before? It was last week. Yeah. And uh, talking about... The way power corrupts in really insidious ways and overwhelmingly verifiable (laughs) ways. Yeah, say what you want about you and how you'd be a, um, you the listener, how you would be about, uh, uh, you know, if you got power. But the evidence is you'd be really crappy. It's one of those things that you know that the human psychology is such uh, that you get corrupted by that sort of environment. You should, it's, it's, it's a good idea to avoid that environment. If right. you know that there's going to be the temptation there, and you you don't want to engage in that behavior, then don't don't put yourself don't put in yourself. position. You know, right. I, I'm trying to think. I saw one of these, you know, these uh, animal uh, movies. You know how you see the little uh, on TV, not movies, like a National but, Geographic. Yeah, or one something? of those kind of things. And and one of the monkeys, uh, one of the big gorillas. Um, he wasn't the chief gorilla, as I as I recall. He found a uh, old gas can from I guess from the site that the people were you know the people were videoing from, mm-hmm. um, and he it made a lot of noise. 
So he comes into the area and he starts banging the 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 trash can or the uh, the the, ga- the gas can around, making all kinds of noise, upsetting the other monkeys. Mm-hmm. He he finds a tool of power and immediately begins to use it, it as an as a means to lord over the rest of the monkeys. And it's you know mm-hmm. really how much different is there is there? I mean when yeah, you when you much. just boil it down to it, <laughs> humans are just. Hairless, hairless primate, primates, and uh, you know when you give one of them an, a, an implement of power, and they're going to use it, and they're going to abuse it. That's why there are no right people that you can elect that will change things in a pro freedom, uh, you know, significant pro freedom direction. Maybe some baby steps, maybe if you're lucky. We're seeing some baby steps here in New Hampshire, but all around the rest of the country, there's no evidence for that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Police block a bike lane in New York City so they can hand out tickets to bicyclists. We'll explain. Come on. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live and you can bring up what you want just dial in toll free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 as always you can bring up anything at once and joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can, if you have a smartphone, visit our mobile site, m.freetalklive.com, to get quick access to streams and our podcasts. Go to m.freetalklive.com for that. Coming up, Dale, you're going to tell us about this uh, witch chick, the, the one that's running for office. What's her Christine name? Christine O'Donnell. Christine O'Donnell. That's it's right. Probably prefer not to be referred to as the, the witch chick. Well, whatever. Maybe the <laughs> let's refer to her as the chick that uh, at one time was very anti uh, self pleasuring, but now sounds a little more open minded to it based on what she had said before. Uh, she didn't actually come right out and admit uh, that she had discovered herself. Oh, God. But <laughs> discovered herself. <laughs> but her, what a what a what a careful way to place it to put that, Ian. Thank you. You know, we're doing a radio show. Yeah, here. exactly. Children uh, could be listening. So Gothamist.com, though, for. <laughs> An amazingly revealing story about just how bad the police can be. Sometimes the New York Police Department's inanity is so perfect, so immaculately uh, risable, that you just want to burst into applause and toss a bouquet of roses onto the hood of a squad car. Today is one of those days. According to a tipster, a cop parked in the bike lane on 1st Avenue near 23rd Street proceeded to write tickets for cyclists who weren't using the bike lane because he was parked in it. Yeah, they had to ride around the cop in order to get by. So 
It's presumably part of the new crackdown on scofflaw cyclists. And hey, sometimes you have to destroy a bike lane in order to save it. <laughs> wow. And they actually have a picture here of the police Can't make car an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Fully parked in this bike lane with his lights flashing and uh, in headlights on. <laughs> uh, according to the source, it said, uh, This morning I received a ticket for not riding in the bike lane. The lane was being blocked by the cop car. And as I pulled around it, a cop pulled me over and informed me of my infraction. About five Five or six other cyclists got the same treatment. The cop later moved his car so that it wasn't in the bike lane, but was now parked squarely in the turning lane. A couple of the other cyclists got pulled over but argued with the cop that they had to leave the lane because he was parked there. Those people were allowed to ride on. After pulling a bunch of us, he must have realized how stupid his logic was and decided to cross to the other side of the road where the bus lane is and then pulled, uh, pulled a cyclist from there. Our unlucky it is really hard to find parking. In New York, says, I mean, oh yeah, it's, it, it must be very difficult. You'd actually have to walk from the precinct to uh, to do this yep. if you want to do it the right way. Sometimes you got to park in a bike lane. Our unlucky tipster says his uh, ticket is for a hundred and thirty dollars for reckless operation of a bicycle. We put in a request for comment with the NYPD press office, and we're sure they'll get back to us. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Attorney Gideon Oliver writes in to tell us that after consulting with our tipster, he's determined the ticket he was issued for is a 19 176 violation. That's the bicycling on the sidewalk part of the code. Oh, yeah, that one. He says it's irresponsible and illegal for the NYPD to crack down on scofflaw cyclists using provisions of law or regulation that don't even apply to bicyclists, i.e. ticketing bicyclists for reckless operation of a motor vehicle or riding outside the bike lane in violation of state laws that don't apply in New York City. Uh, It's also irresponsible and illegal, not to mention dangerous and just plain nonsensical for New York Police Department officers to set up checkpoints to ticket cyclists by parking police vehicles in bike lanes. So, uh, by the way, Jimmy Justice, I don't know if anybody – it's a little of a – it's been a while since we've heard about Jimmy Justice, but he did dig up a video recently and post it to his YouTube channel. Um, So if you you like Jimmy Justice and you haven't checked out his YouTube channel recently, there is a relatively fresh uh, piece there from him. Jimmy Justice is who? Do you – well, he's the the guy that uh, I've seen a couple of videos, and basically, I guess parking is such a a disaster in New York City that uh, that that he can go and and point out how the cops will use their vehicles to go get things to eat. Now, admittedly, yeah, go to the bank. He specifically catches them not doing business as a cop. They're yep. going, they're doing personal things, yeah. grabbing a cup of coffee or yeah, running into the bank for some personal business or something. And he's usually going after not specifically the police because in New York City there are several divisions. He's usually going after the traffic cops, like the cops that the parking mm. cops basically. <laughs> the, so the hypocrites that give you a ticket yes. and then on their, do handle their personal business, they give themselves a pass. And he's got that New York flavor to him, so he yeah. has no problem with confronting them, calling them names, and just being generally uh, <laughs> hey, rude. Hey, you stupid chooch. He's, he's what a ballsy are you guy. He's a ballsy guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. So if you haven't seen Jimmy Justice, definitely take a look uh, for him. The toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. I just wanted to bring that up as yet another example of the absurd, just the level of absurdities that the police will go to uh, to, to write people tickets. And it, just because it's happening there in New York City doesn't mean they don't do stupid crap like that in, in other places. My favorite is when you've got a two-lane road 
the police just decide to pull somebody over in the right lane of the two lanes when they could pull into a shopping center or they could pull over in yeah. the bike lane or something like that. Like they could do something to get away from the road to allow traffic to go through. But nah, we're just going to stop right here in the middle of the lane and uh, do our I business there. The, I, 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 yeah, I wonder about that. I, I think a lot of people, you know, it's wherever the, per, the person pulls over very quickly because they're afraid of, you know, being considered as evading or something. But I guess that to some extent the cop can control that by when he puts, puts on his flashers and yeah, you know, uh, when I've had these, these instances, I'm always very careful about where I pull over. I'll make them go a little distance, but I'm I'm also scared of taking them too far. Mm-hmm. Right, so you'll get upset, right? Yeah. Because yeah, they, all right, I can just picture them. Sometimes they'll flash the lights, their their headlights. I mean, that, you know, to me that means right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'm not getting out of the car. If something's red and sticky after we're done here, it's going to be you, not <laughs> me. Sticky? They get mad if you get out of the car. Cars too, so. hit cops all the time. Oh, that mostly right. what you you're mean gonna, another car on the road. Yes, mostly what you're, I think what you're going to find about police being killed on duty. It's because they're out, uh, you know, walking around on a dark road and get smacked by some car that goes by. Mm. So let's talk about the witch chick, Dale. You got okay, something from Crack.com. Yeah. So it's, uh, this is Experimenting with Witchcraft and Christine O'Donnell by Soren Bowie. Of course, it's, 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 everything on Crack.com is true, more so than other, other stuff on the internet. So Christine O'Donnell is not a witch. I know this to be true because she has said so multiple times in her hunt for a Delaware Senate seat. And because we used to be sleepover buddies in the early 90s. It's unfair to judge her based on the out-of-context footage circling the internet where she announces dabbling with witchcraft once as a teen. I was there with Christine during Who that. Who hasn't? <laughs> with that formative point in her life. Which, well, if you consider a Ouija board uh, witchcraft, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of people have done that. I, uh, hold on. Uh, I, what's that? <laughs> hold on. We you ain't talking Ouija boards. We ain't talking Ouija boards here. But uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, I am I know, talking about I know, Ouija boards here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had an ex-girlfriend, and I used to, she had a Ouija board set. I swear she would, she'd move that thing around. Because uh-huh. I wanted to, you know, yeah. I want to test it from a scientific <laughs> standpoint, right? <laughs> Yeah, good luck. We're going to see. <laughs> we spent yeah. those sweltering August nights on the floor of my fort, and I assure you that the closeness of our young and curious bodies left no oh, room God. for secrets. <laughs> Though you may accuse me of jactation, I recount this story only to prove that we changed as people that summer, not into witches, but into young adults. It was nearly the end of summer break. Swim team season had come to a close, and Christy and I didn't have summer jobs because all the poor kids took them. <laughs> I had to look up jactation. Uh, jactation boasting bragging. I didn't know that one. <laughs> I thought it was something it far, dirty. Well, yeah, so you didn't have to bleep dirtier. me or anything. Uh, uh, we burned the long afternoons under oak trees talking about our futures and which colleges we might like to pretend to graduate from once we were adults. I want to be king someday, she would always say. (laughs) Queen, I corrected her. Of what country? This one, she would shout, her face covered in ice cream. This flat one with the trees. Even at the tender young age of 24, she demonstrated a love, (laughs) if limited understanding, of politics. We would debate for hours on the challenges facing a government leader. I would argue the duties of appeasing such a vast group of citizens with conflicting needs. And she would counter with the kinds of dresses she could wear that would match her, that wouldn't clash with her throne. Oh, God. Then finally, the sugar rush would end, and Christy would need to lie down, holding hands in the grass. We stared up at the clouds, and she'd tell me which ones were, uh, which ones she was pretty sure she had seen before. <laughs> it was the best summer of our lives. Toward the end of August, her grandfather died, and it all came crashing down. Oh, we'll I find out the rest t- yeah. of the story in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything witchcraft. This doesn't sound like a Christine O'Donnell and witchcraft. Your, uh, what are you talking about? It's on Cracked. Of course it's factual. Are welcome. It's amusing. 800-259-9231. Uh, you can take control 
and Jack Tate, if you like. This is Free Talk Live. More on the way. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Even in the remaining moments, there is enough time for your call. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you in the studio here tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You will find a lot of features, and if you enjoy this program and you enjoy the website, you like the fact that we give it all to you for free, then feel free to spend a little bit of money on our behalf at amazon.freetalklive.com. We won't mind. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a portion of your purchase. It's the same uh, money you would spend if you just went through their normal link. It's just that Amazon doesn't keep all the profits. When you go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, they cut off 7 or 8%, and they send it to us. I think on electronics, it's 4%. That's the max there. But on pretty much everything else, it's 7 to 8%. So uh, it's a good amount, and uh, we appreciate everybody that shops with Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Great selection. Huge deals. I mean, there's you know they don't have to pay for the the storefronts, so they can keep their costs low, and uh, pass on the savings to you. So Amazon.freetalklive.com. Dale is sharing with us a piece from Crack.com, which may take some liberties uh, with the with the truth. Well, Mark Mark doesn't seem to want to trust it as factual, but I <laughs> I don't know. Take it uh, with a grain of salt. This is an accounting of Christine uh, Christine O'Donnell uh, and her her childhood by Soren Bowie. You know, this, uh, so, th- what this seems is, is like very, very clever fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can take it that way if you want, Mark. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. Toward the end of August, her grandfather died and it all came crashing down. I was tasked with explaining death to her. We sat on her grandfather's <laughs> empty bed. The suggestion is she's 24 <laughs> years old at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we sat on her grandfather's empty bed for an entire morning, but Christine's flimsy grasp on permanence as a concept made the explanation exhausting and then frustrating and finally shameful when I yelled and she cried. Look, the point is that I don't want you to worry, Chrissy. He may be gone in this world, but you will always keep him in here. I patted her left breast because I was making a good point and because it was something I've been wanting to do for a long time. (laughs) In my heart, she asked through sobs. No, no, that's ridiculous. In your lungs. There are tiny pieces of him all over this room, skin cells, and hair that he shed while he was alive. We're breathing it all in right now. We both took a deep breath and stared at my hand on her breast. I want you to kiss me, she said. Here with your grandfather inside us? Yes. I want to feel something other than sadness. Rad. I kissed Christine gently at first and then with pure power. I put my hand in her shirt and she grabbed it. Wait, she whispered. We can't have sex. I know. I whispered knowingly. You may have to preach celibacy someday. Also, it's 1993 and I'm only 11. <laughs> it was the first of many intimate moments when we would share together. <laughs> we, had, we had been friends since childhood when her father performed at her birthday party as Bozo the Clown. But now we were developing new feelings and new emotions and new hair. No longer could we run off into the dairy fields together, drinking cow's milk while it was still warm, and not have it mean something more. 
After that morning of our first kiss, Christine would visit me whenever she felt hurt or accosted by the world, and we would race off to my fort to rub up against one another, fully clothed, <laughs> like two mm-hmm. tiny sticks fending off the darkness of misfor- misfortune. I could help her with most problems, but the death of her grandfather still bothered Christy in profound ways uh, that, that our uh, <laughs> rampaging <laughs> couldn't solve. guy is really clever, but, <laughs> you know, maybe we can contact him, she said one evening in the flickering light. Oh, I always oh. kept candles in the fort just to set the mood. Just I pulled her, her hand. year old boy setting the mood in the fort. <laughs> I pulled her hand out of the flame. No, hot. Look at me. Hot. <laughs> Maybe we can find a way to talk to him. His spirit might be floating around out there. <laughs> Seeing the desperation in her eyes, I had no choice but to consent. I was falling in love with her. We visited a local psychic gypsy who claimed to have clinically, who have been clinically dead once in a hospital before being revived. Consequently, she was now a partial ghost herself, and though it should have worked in her favor existing in both worlds, it turned out she wasn't very well connected in either. Christy and I looked at each other stoically, both understanding the lesson about the struggles of mixed-race Americans this experience represented. Uh, <laughs> what? The gypsy. <laughs> the gypsy ghost kept summoning the wrong people. We could tell because all the information she was telling us was way off. Oh, it would have been a complete bust, except Christy stole a seance book when the old woman had her eyes closed. <laughs> We took it home and poured over the tricks of the occult, never realizing the catastrophic effects it would have on Christine's political career. Mm. She wasn't a strong reader and so gleaned most of her information from the pictures. She loved that book she loved that book in ways I couldn't understand. The week before I had to return to boarding school, she insisted that we hold a seance in my fort. I anticipated a Ouija board and maybe some lights with with sheets thrown over them. I did not anticipate a chalked pentagram surrounded by my romance candles or a sacrificial animal huddled in the corner. Oh, God. <laughs> but our seance was all of these things and more. Are you naked? Yay, you're here, she sang. This is going to be great. Do you want to take off your clothes now or, or before we get started? Or right before we get started? Neither. Is that a chicken? <laughs> she nodded while pointing to a picture in the book. This man is going to help us find my granddad. And then there's a picture of Satan. Uh, I cautioned her that maybe she was setting her expectations too high. She didn't pay any attention to me while she prepared the room, at least until I suggested that maybe I sit the seance out. No, no, no. You you have to stay. I need you to cut yourself with this dagger. (laughs) We need both our blood for it to work. I finally put my foot down and told her this experimentation with satanic rituals was over. It was too dangerous, and it went against everything we believed in, and because I still had some summer reading to catch up on. She lost her temper and screamed at me while throwing objects around the fort. She hit a candle with a vial of powder and both spilled onto the chicken, igniting it immediately. (laughs) Her tantrum halted as we watched the fireball run around the floor and set everything else on fire. We crawled out, leaving everything behind behind, and witnessed the literal flames of passion consume our clubhouse. The next morning, I, had, I held a small funeral for the chicken, but Christine never showed up. At school, I wrote her letters and got nothing in return. Aww. I assumed at first it was only because she was mad it's at me. Fiction. What, Mark? <laughs> Why don't you believe what, you what I'm telling you? But then caught word that she had moved on to other men and that she was filling the void my absence left behind with recreational sex. We haven't spoken since. While the thought of her today still digs at old scars, that was the best summer of my life, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Strawberry fields. (laughs) (laughs) Strawberry wine. That's that country song. (laughs) I want to do this for her. I only hope that this account sets the record straight on what exactly happened when Christine dabbled in witchcraft early in her life. Not just for her sake, but for the sake of America. Hear me, nation. Christine O'Donnell is no sorceress or conjurer. She is only a bad person. 
She's only a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> she killed that chicken. Nice. It's you know, I, ha- I, I, I have been talking about sacrificing a rubber chicken at the uh, Halloween party tomorrow. Oh, so I've there got, is going to be a pentagram there. There's going to be a pentagram. Right? It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be a pentagram. There's going to be probably some kind of sacrifice of a now, rubber chicken. Is Michelle Seven expected to show up because she is a Christian? So, like, is that a, I, is that a, I, I, I do not know. You can check the RSVP list. But, uh, I don't know. Michelle, of course, being our yeah. Monday night All co-host. the other pagan things that go into Halloween and you're worried about a pentagram? Worried? I'm not worried. I'm just asking if Michelle. I don't know why it matters. I don't know. I mean, take a look at Christmas for God's sake. The whole thing's a pagan holiday. Easter, pagan holiday. All these are right, pagan but the holidays. Christians haven't embraced the pentagram yet. I mean, they, <laughs> they have not. <laughs> Before long, it'll be converted into a Christian symbol of some sort, you know, just to get those last lingering pagans. You right. know, well, that, that's that's where the Christians have really fallen down because they were so good at converting all the other pagan uh, stuff. Why why haven't they taken the pentagram? Hmm. Yeah, what? I've heard stories of like temples where um, there were like like uh, pagan gods holding phallic objects, and how they just built churches right on top oh, of yeah. them. Didn't Church- just left the left the uh, look. This 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 new god is actually your god. We're just changing it a little bit. See, we're building. They build up around it. And just mm-hmm. leave it all there. <laughs> really? So there are oh, some yeah. Christian churches they, where there's a. Phallus they've dug, them, took they've, down they've dug under them and found like idols oh, to see. old gods and things where they wow. didn't tear them down. They just built around them and convinced them that, oh, we're this is your god. We're just, you know, it's just we're just changing things a little, you know. That's amazing. It was a great conversion method, actually. To- they have the you have to give them credit, right? I mean, I think you were talking about this off the air, I think, Mark, uh, the, the the Christians were the evolution of uh Religion? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, it's essentially what it is that when you think about hell, it, it was, you know, they gleaned it from sort of Babylonian religion and then from, um, you know, mostly Hades in the, with the Greeks. And they, you know, if it hadn't have been if you think about other religions besides uh, es- essentially Judaism, uh, Christianity and is- Islam. Besides are, those? Yeah, besides those, because those are sort of the same thing mm-hmm. to some extent when you look at the religions. Um, well, you just offended a lot of people. Well, th- I'm sorry, they don't know their history. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> that What they're doing is they're getting their history from their preacher man I and from the Bible. Islam. And and uh, but the but the fact is that these things came out of the similar places, and they have mm-hmm. a great deal of their stuff uh, in, in their holy books. The same. Well, why is it the evolution though? And that doesn't make sense. Just because they're more successful at recruiting people. Well, because if you had a religion, suppose you've got your religion, and your religion doesn't include hell. Yeah. You can't threaten somebody with hell. So you th- now you're competing with a religion that has both the carrot and the stick. That's uh, Christianity because you've got hell and then you've got heaven, carrot and stick. Mm-hmm. Whereas your religion doesn't have the stick. You just have the carrot. So you can't close people with the stick. Do you understand? I see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. I mean, hell, hell is just an incredibly good closing, a closer system for Well, for your crops might die or something, though, if you don't sacrifice to the gods and everything. That's sort of a stick. Yeah, but yeah, we don't really need that. Or you might days. get st- people storms still believe this and hurricanes. Stuff. All the volcanoes Famine and storms and hurricanes, those were all the gods being angry at mortals. So. Volcanoes in America? Out you got to have hell. Visit Dale online at anarchyinyourhead.com <laughs> and visit us at freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. This has been Free Talk Live.